Hey, uh, I, I would say nice to meet you, but I don't believe in time as a concept, so I'll just say we always met. This is the Day Ones Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. My name is Antonio. I'm Justin and the Honored Nun. Peace. Oh, so Justin and the Honored Nun, how's life? How you living? Man, I'm just uh, patiently waiting for the robot takeover, bro. The the robot takeover? They coming for us, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, I remember, you remember when it was like the Terminator movies back then, the Skynet? It's coming more and more reality, huh? Man, so John Mulaney, who's a really funny comedian, I think he's pretty funny. Yeah, he's dope. He has this bit and he talks about how the world is run by robots and he gets into how robots ask us if we are robots to look at our own shit. Uh-uh. And I was like, man, that's real. And then I instantly started thinking about all the ridiculous captures that we're forced to solve, I guess, uh, True. before we log on to something. And that's true and each and every time i'm like i'm about to have a nervous breakdown like i've selected all of the stop signs i've selected all the storefronts <laughs> the storefronts all, all the storefronts like, all the shit i've selected it just let me see my shit man <laughs> and it's like usually like just to check like your email address on a different on a different device right and it's like yo it's me. I just need to, I need this one thing. I don't need to spend five minutes doing this shit. You know what? It kind of sounds like, uh, man, that's like super. It's that's like segregation at its best, <laughs> man. It feels like it soon. Soon we're going to be in a place where robots and humans are just apart separate from one another like they have their own like side of the world or even like a different planet some shit that'd be scary though but maybe i don't know man black mirror has shaped how i view a lot of shit because so much of what happens on those episodes are reality those robot the robot dogs Yo, those robot dogs, the faceless ones that just look like, like, I've seen the YouTube videos online where they just kind of just have these test subjects as far as these multifunctional robots. I felt as if they just stole a legit model and just put them in the episode. Yo, I watched a robot that can shoot jumpers, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So Steph Curry's skill is nothing more than the algorithm to this robot. Man. He went like a hundred out of a hundred or some shit like that. They had him against like two and granted it was like two of the best shooters in I don't remember what country, but he the robot definitely made every single jumper. And then I just imagine a world where it's like Space Jam, but instead of the Monstars, it's like Robots LeBron, LeBron Steph, uh Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant versus some fucking robots, bro. <laughs> just, just, just droids with with skill for the universe. So, man, you know what? Did did you just pitch Space Jam too? Mm. 
another movie. We ready, bro. Man, I think that would actually be. You know, let's. Would you get? I would go for the go for it. I would get uh, put on the producer hat, hire Michael Bay to direct to direct it, because he knows a thing or two about robots and transforming, and just make it a whole a whole thing. No, but the thing about Space Jam that was great was it was a little campy, like it wasn't scary. I imagine Michael Bay would maybe make it a, the robots a little too scary and i don't really know if he knows basketball like that you you know what you're right you're right i think he's he's low-key outside of bad boys i'm not sure if he knows any black people outside of martin lawrence and Will Smith. yeah his robots would be all clunky his robots would be <laughs> kelly olenic or like <laughs> the kevin McHale. <laughs> just pivot, uh. just pivoting and bounce passes <laughs> Like all the hustle players, like all the uh, the eighth mans on the team, like that's who we who we like use as like references for these robots. It's like this robot, Kurt Brambus. <laughs> throw some goggles on him. You see these like like super silver metallic like <laughs> uh, arms that are just clutching the ball, but like the elbows are just so wide out because it's <laughs> trying to stick to the fundamentals that it's been programmed to stick to. Yeah, nah, Michael Bay would be trash. <laughs> <laughs> I must say I really enjoyed listening to the Day Ones podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening to my Day Ones here on the Day Ones podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow their Instagram page. One love. You know, here on the Day Ones podcast, we're all about representing people who have multiple talents, multi-layered individuals, sure. especially people of color. Of course. Because, um, you know, as me and Tone have talked about, we kind of get pigeonholed into these boxes as to what we're allowed to be. And to see black men transcend that is, is amazing. And in my opinion, we have a great representation of that on day ones today. I'd like to welcome Perry Porter repping Tacoma, Washington to the show. Hey, what's good? Uh, I guess first first question, uh, should we call you Bobby Rose? Yeah, hey, I like that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's a, that was just a fun-ass name I just came up with, man. <laughs> uh, it's catchy, bro. It's catchy. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, for the listeners out there, we we want to start from day one with you. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Perry is a very dope rapper, and he's a painter, too, an amazing painter. For the listeners out there, can you start from day one for us? How did you get into both your music and your art? Um, art, I've kind of done that like my whole life. I was like the kid in the back of the class who wasn't really paying attention, just dueling everybody and shit. And then like after a while, I would just like sell Dragon Ball Z sketches for like five bucks at school and shit. And that was just was like my little hustle for that. But <laughs> which was selling? That was what kinda, was selling more? Was it the Vegeta or Goku? I was always Goku, man. Goku. But I like doing Broly and shit. You know, I like doing yeah. all the, the other characters. But yeah, nah, you would have got a customer <laughs> out of me, that for sure. Hell yeah! But I did that for a while. Um, then like after high school, I just never really cared about art. Like you know how it is. We as I guess black men don't really see that as a career field. You know. Yeah. So it was something I really took serious. It was kind of something I just did. And then through music, I started doing my own album art. 
and that's when I kind of fell into the art world a little bit more. People started seeing I did visuals. And social media started picking up, and yeah, it just took off from there. From uh, so it seems like those two ventures they kind of just complement each other for you. Is there like a specific thing that you could like put put your finger on it, like what you do to to get in your creative zone? Um, weed for sure. I'm high <laughs> all the time, bro. Hey. <laughs> I hear that. Like I'm bloody twenty four. You probably wouldn't tell like how I work really hard, but I have to stay high. Like I just have to. Yeah. I um, that, man. yeah, just music in general too. My my dad's a deep like my dad was trying to be an aspiring DJ, so like I always grew up around records around the house. And like I got obsessed with looking at the vinyl covers, you know what I'm saying? Because that's when they like really gave a shit about the art. Oh, artwork, yeah. It was always just yeah. looking at them vinyl just, covers, yeah. Yeah, trippy shit, man. So that's how I kind of just bridged. Um, I was in jazz band for like ten years. So I played drums. And I just it's kind of always just been the same thing. It's just I never took it serious as a kid. I never knew it could be like an actual real career. It was just shit to keep me out of trouble. Were you allowed as a kid? to uh, tap into your creativity in any way in school or was it sort of frowned upon? Uh, it was more frowned upon. I would say it's like the only real support I got was my mother. She let me do like whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm. So I just did a bunch of crazy shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, saying just at that time, like my older siblings and cousins, they thought it was weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, Black kids didn't skateboard. Black kids didn't do all that other stuff. So right. it's always frowned upon on the stuff I did. But because I had my mother, I learned from that not to give a fuck at a very young age. So I just kind of just never really cared. Yeah, you kind of get um, used to uh, everybody not necessarily picking on you, but giving you shit about what you're into. And then after yeah. a while, you're just hardened to it. And you're just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, because yeah, I never took it personal. I'm saying they just stuff they're not accustomed to yeah we'll offer them yeah i was just, i was just about to ask that like had was uh you know you just being unique and just different you know probably made you susceptible to you know some of your stuff your natural your early stuff being like rejected like did rejection yeah. ever affect your creative process like did you switch up or change or modify anything after like initial rejection i i, I definitely say i would i did as a child just to say, I never took it serious just because I think all the frowning upon and like rejection back then I didn't see it like that, but I could definitely see like it definitely stopped me from pursuing and getting more curious and wild on and stuff. Mm. You're saying, and then just luckily through to say music and rap, you're a broke rapper, you gotta do have more than one job, you know, you gotta be the visual artist too, you gotta be the cameraman. So I just fell back into it that way, so. all right. If you if you had to choose, because I mean, you're gonna get asked the question. If you haven't been <laughs> asked it already, if you had to choose between one and the other, oh, that's rather, so rather hold on to. That's so hard. Because it seems like okay, I'm. I think I'm recognizing sight and sounds. It's just it's just really just gels and blends for yeah. you. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if something were to happen or. Something um, picked up more in, in one venture than the other, or honestly, it would probably be the art, just because now that I'm more into it, I stand out a lot more oh, in this field now than being a rapper. It's you know how it is. Everybody raps at some point in their life. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's that's like a it's like basketball, you know. Right. Yeah. So actually it's I've as I get older realizing now like oh there's only like five of us. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm used to everyone in the room being black. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a it is awkward, but since I I've had thick skin, I definitely enjoy kind of being the sore thumb and being the elephant in the room sometimes. Sure. Learning that to be like my privilege, I guess. Yeah. What are some of your favorite albums? Right now, uh, I knew Larry June, big Larry June fan. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of Hiatus Coyote. Oh, yeah. That I've, I fucking love them. Um, Two Chains, always good one. Two Chains. Trying to think, I listen to a lot of stuff all the time. Two Chains mm-hmm. is just so underrated. I realize, he is man. I realize he's one of my favorites. He uh, he could rap on anything. He can rap on trap mm-hmm. shit. He killed my one of my favorite verses from him is on Daylight shit. He killed that shit. He, he did. He did. That's yeah, true. And yeah. then he'll and then he'll go back and say some just real, just incoherent like lines that's still dope. I wish a nigga would like outrageous things. I'll never forget that. I, I want that on a t-shirt just because. Oh, yeah. I love how, like, everything in his house has a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, his couch got a swimming pool. I was like, damn, nigga. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He has the most expensive raps ever. Yeah, he's like the king of oh. king of hyperbole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Coyote's dope, too. Uh, what's her? Oh, what's yeah, homegirl's man. name? Night Palm? Yeah, Night Palm. She, um... Just came out with a project too. It's like a revision of their last project, but it's just like her doing like an acoustic version of it. Yeah, she has a beautiful she's voice. Pretty tight. Yeah, she's wildly, and she looks crazy. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she looks crazy, bro. <laughs> Not what I expected. Yeah. I'm just into you know one of my favorites ever is uh, Amy Winehouse, man, and yeah, man. Any any sort of soulful soulful shit is is striking to me. Mm-hmm. Amy House, yeah, that's a say her, Erica Badu, and probably Billie Holiday are like my top three women musicians. Yeah, yeah, musicians, uh, yeah, yeah. I know Hollywood manufactured stuff. For real, man. For real, it's it's so wild these days. <laughs> yeah. As an artist, and art in terms of the visual art. You go to these museums and a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, don't judge it if, you know, you might not be interpreting it right or whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm sure artists have, are very opinionated and just be like, they'll go up in museums like, this is trash. This is terrible. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, man. All the time. I mean, is it, Cause it's, is it things that other people consider like, wow, this is so extravagant and I'm just so soulfully moved and you walk up to them like, this is like, you know, two dots in a corner. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, man, 75% of the art I see out here sometimes, I'd be like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, there's a lot of pretentious stuff in art. Like, I won't even lie, like, half the game is very pretentious and it's all about brand and name. It's very, it's a very weird, like, concept of branding mm. in this art world. It's, it's shit I've never thought about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. Well, what kind of strikes me is that even with what it's what it's called, it's called art, 
but I mean, it, there's clearly like a business side to it. Like, do you mm -hmm. do you sense or see yourself, um, you know, navigating that and trying to see, you know, I don't know if you your pieces can get picked up by, you know, Jay Z trying to buy a couple of your, your joints or whatever, or just how does that work the business side of, of art? Um, there's there's so many different ways, especially now with the internet. I would say that I got pretty lucky because because of like Instagram and everything. So I was able to kind of like create my own platform. And with that, that got a lot of like galleries and others, like semi-celebrities and models and stuff like geared towards my way and seeing my work. And said, so, but there's different ways of doing it. I know people who have like no social media following, but they know the right people that they're in every gallery selling thousands and thousands of pieces, you know? And then there's people who have thousands of people on sound i mean on uh, instagram they're selling their pieces for only like 50 bucks 100 bucks so i just feel like it's 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 all branding knowing like how to make yourself exclusive how to make yours like a stream brand where people could see yours and know that's you like anytime they see any of your work they know that's who you are even down to the people who own your art you know like if you're saying if, if jay-z picks up my art that's gonna jump my prices up crazy for real <laughs> you know but and just stuff like that, learning the game there. Um, I'm really into business. So like the first thing I did was I learned how to like make my own prints. So I bought my own printer, do my own paper. I try to do everything on my own. I, just like learning shit. And just knowing that like, there's not black people doing any of the art world shit. Mm. So just like being able to learn it and then try to lace other people with the game. Cause with art too, they try to like gatekeep a lot of stuff. Even like with hot hip hop and shit, they do it, but it's, harder in art just because like so there's not any of us so there's always that weird dialect that goes on you put out a joint project and you know i'm a big fan of no why i slap that shit all the time so yeah, okay. so i want to ask you what separates a perry porter release from that sleep study project or any of your other side projects musically I feel like what set that part was, to me, that was like the my my only real like first like group actual project where contributing like fifty percent of everything with somebody, and it was just dope because um like Sid he's a spitter like that's all he's like a battle rap spitter that's where he comes from and shit, and I was always a songwriter, so we just wanted to kind of create all our love for music. And then almost have like a battle royale of, as I felt at the time, being one of the better songwriters and him being one of the better just bar for bar rappers and then trying to emulate one another through a song. So that was like the whole process of that. And I said it took about three, four years to get it polished right, even through, through we did writing from UFC. So even through that, we got to learn like how to be more aggressive because there's a bunch of stories of that shit, learning how to do um, songwriting for producers and trying to get on radio. So just, just blending all of that. And it's even the frustrations of just being broke for years just trying to just get through the game. So it was it was just fun doing that because my own solo stuff is just me just having fun and goofing around, not giving a shit. Sure. What was it like when you got that joint placed on UFC? Oh, it was crazy, man. Um. They hit us up and told us to send them as many songs as possible. And we had like 
three days. So we ended up sending them, I think, like nine. Um, they sent them all back. We had to re-record every single one of them because I sounded too much like Jay-Z. He sounded too much like 2 Chains or Kendrick or something like that. So we went through that. That's I feel like helped a lot with Trunk because we had to switch up our cadences a lot, switch up our voices a lot, try to make sure we get sound as much, I guess, ourselves as uh. much as possible. Yeah, and it was just cool doing that. We had to keep it on hush for like a year, so that kind of sucked. But how was that? <laughs> yeah, how was that? That was that was awkward, man. Like just walking around knowing what's going to happen. It was crazy, man. I just want to tell people at the same time, like I didn't want to like jinx it though. I think like maybe this isn't real. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Start saying crazy shit in the game. Come out, we're not on that. Okay, I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> it, it was cool, man. That's dope. That's dope. Do you put any little hidden little messages, little, you know, sub something somethings or, you know, Easter eggs in, in the, the things that you do, whether it be music oh. or, or art? Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, Just like with Trunk, because with uh, Sleep Steady, like the way we kind of split the load was Sid, he also is an engineer. So he like did all the mixing and mastering for all the projects. So I would find all the producers and everything that would like write the hooks, write the song, write the hooks for the songs and everything, and then send it off to him. He would do his parts. He would make the song sound like polished and all that. Yeah. So like I'm always in charge of uh, doing like, track listings, and I'm really into like theatrics and movies and everything. So I try to make every project have an underlying story. Dope. So. All of my, all of our songs, even every one of my projects, there is like a journey and actual like premise to a to the actual album. But then I want to write it as if people who don't really care for that they can just enjoy the song. But then if you want to dig for more, there is more out there. Oh, that's cool. No, that's I like definitely cool. Because I, I, uh, I think if, I just feel like that's just, that's just a sign that just shows that you care about the stuff that you're. You're putting your time and energy into it. Hell yeah, man! And that's because like it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna play out after you know one spin. You know you're gonna possibly hear something the second or third time around. Yep, that's like that's how it should. Because I, even though I'm into like songwriting a lot, I'm really into what the people are actually saying. I'm really into people being witty. Like Jay and Pusha T are some of my favorite rappers, just because their vocabulary and just the confidence and what they speak. Yeah. How there is so much hidden gems in everything they do. Just but I know with Trunk, um, the small underline, I won't like give everything away. It is like a story of like two hood kids going through a life and then being enlightened through a bunch of drugs. So like no why is a drug about doing LSD and like being awakened, figuring out life and understand like, oh shit, I get the rap game now. I understand how I maneuver to get to success and shit. Yeah. yeah. So I smoke a lot of weed too. Hell yeah, bro. We just got this shit in California that I was not really a fan of. And a lot of people were pretty stoked on it being legal. I do think it should be legal, but this 30% tax is a motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, I was just in LA like two weeks ago. And bought some weed, and I was so hot at the price. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I like what they were like. 
25 30 dollar grams at one point i was like nah yeah. bro what you is going well, on you <laughs> might as well stay with the plug you know yeah what what's the tax in washington it's something insane too like it's gone down. It was like LA prices right now, so I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna hear that shit." <laughs> but now it's it's pretty it's pretty normal. You can get gram for ten, twelve bucks. But I know, like, because my homegirl runs a company out here, that the state taxes them like forty something percent of their income. Wow. So like, I know the government's caking the fuck off of weed. Like, yeah. I mean, them niggas, they weren't going to legalize this shit. The, the government is mm-hmm. like a mob. They're like a mob. Yeah. <laughs> they, they worse than the New England Patriots. Oh, real, man. They are, bro. God knows I hate That's them. Shit. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, shit. Oh, you would know from, 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 from Washington, you, you share you share my, my similar uh, hatred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. Like, I haven't been into sports that much lately, but watching that, like, that day was insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, to watch the energy in the room just leave like that was... Yeah. Up, w- were you were you in Washington when that happened? Were you in Tacoma when that happened? Yeah, we were, like... Because all my friends are, like, huge. Like, my family's really big athletes. I'm the only, like, artsy person. So, like, it was just going nuts. And when they didn't and give shit. it to Marshawn. Yeah, bro. I never seen a room get so still before my life. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like, damn. <laughs> See, the- <laughs> See uh, I'm from, Sa- well, me and Jess, we from Sacramento. So, um, okay. we're not, I'm not going to throw shade on my own team. But, you know, as a Sacramento Kings fan, you know, we don't necessarily have high standards. So, for <laughs> <I feel> that. <laughs> Bro, I'm but, a Lake, I'm a Lakers fan now. I don't know what you're talking about. I switched up. I moved and switched up. <laughs> <laughs> I need rings. Bro, I'm you brought it. You brought it. <laughs> so you guys are uh, big conspiracy theories at all and shit. You know what? I was I gonna see if I could find a find a way to segue into that. <laughs> I was just trying to the hidden the hidden messages question. I was gonna try to take a left turn into that question. But since you didn't brought it up. Oh yeah, bro. I'm like super big into like uh, psychology kind of conspiracies. Like what? Like um, what's your hottest? Your hottest take? I wouldn't say it's my hottest take, but I would say that everyone needs to watch this documentary called "Century of the Self." Okay. "Century of the Self" explains like how pretty much everything we do is evolved around money and business. And how they like use your um, subconsciousness and your like insecurities to just feed off everything. And it goes into Sigmund Freud's nephews. I think like the super important guy that none of us know about. It's some interesting that shit. <laughs> Very interesting shit. I kind of think uh, does that documentary represent that positively or negatively? Like how we how everything is revolved around money. Um. I would say a little both. It's like, it's not one of those like documentaries where they're trying to persuade you to say the other side's like evil. Mm-hmm. It's more of just, um, just putting you on like history, a lot of stuff that 
just wasn't really just talked about. Like it goes to the simple fact of why Betty Crocker, you put an egg in uh, your pancake mix because you know women want to feel like they added more to the meal instead of just like not cooking for their man. Mm. Like just weird shit like that, or like how um, the bacon and breakfast start in the morning because like they hired doctors because they need to sell bacon. Like it was just to, as a like marketing tool. That like now we believe in it. It's a bunch of like that. That's, I know. I love learning stuff like that. I mean, just like you, like you said, the psychology. And when you sit back and think about it, I mean, small things like I don't know at what point in time, but certain department stores, I hear the reason why they they put rugs and carpet on on the floors is so you could slow down to look at the the items on sale and end up buying more stuff. Yeah, I mean, I hear shit like that too. Even how like Target is set a certain way that like you are supposed to maneuver left so you can stay in the store longer mm. <laughs> you know like it's weird shit like that man even going the whole thing about uh why women smoke cigarettes because they think like it's supposed to give them like a version of the male penis and shit you know There's a bunch of wild shit like it's not i don't think all of it's 100 percent true but then like when i hear shit like that i'm like i do know some women <laughs> who definitely like whoop some niggas asses and I know they smoke to let people know that yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like smoking them makes them feel like they don't have to be a woman and shit we all do stuff like that True. so it's just like just be more aware of yourself and be like oh shit I do play a part in this fucking game and it also gives you the option to tap out of it if you don't want to be in it like exactly yeah like once you're aware of how many and capitalism runs everything there are positive benefits to it but mm-hmm. once you become obsessed with that shit that's when uh the issues come and unfortunately mm-hmm. people can't do shit in moderation yeah that's yeah that's all it really is man it's just learning that it's not all bad but just learning you got to step back sometimes that's you're true. aware of your actions and shit that's yeah. true Cause we do get on autopilot real quick. It's easy to, it's really easy to and sort of become self-centered. I remember one of my teachers telling me some shit about how like everybody is obviously like you want to take care of yourself first and and your basic needs. And especially in in this climate when like shit is hella crazy, you really become self-centered and and protective and, we tend to not think about other people, but it's so important. It is. It is. Oh, my bad. No, I'm just going to say we got to be mindful of people. Yeah, that's that's another thing I've been trying to do lately. Mindful and just realizing, like, everybody goes through shit. Like, everybody ain't perfect. Chill out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has certain things that they're trying to do, but... You know, not thinking about yourself all the time, thinking about others, including others, and thinking about the bigger picture. That's that's what it's really all about, the big picture. Yeah. Real shit, man, because, like, you can't do nothing alone. You know, we're social creatures. I feel like we get so self-centered because we just, like, insecurities and shit, especially, like, with, like, music and, like, rappers. That's one big thing I've realized is, there's so many insecure rappers that they don't want to work because they feel like someone's trying to outshine them and do this and that. It's like, hit the music first, you know, like you will get recognized for what you're good at. Do, Not that big of a deal. Do you ever see yourself venturing into anything else besides 
you know, things uh, visual and, and, and the music itself. Like, do you see yourself, you know, putting those two together? You know, that's that's video. That's that's moving pictures. That's movies. Do you see yourself ever kind of uh, going into that that route at all? Definitely. Um, actually, we just got done recording a short film for Channel Surfing. Really. So it, yeah, it's <laughs> it was like a three week long shoot. I was excited about that because the longest we've ever done for a music video was like two hours. Right. You know, like the normal local rapper thing. But I was like, I want to actually put my best foot forward. I want to actually have a budget to shit right. You know what I'm saying? Do a lot of the creative stuff. Try to merge it as much as possible. And people like Tyler the Creative, Danny Glover, like they're inspiring because they just transcend everything. They do. I'm trying to be that man, for sure. And then at the end, I probably want to either be a manager or like some some sort of like therapist or some shit, <laughs> <laughs> just for musicians. Because I feel like the art world, even music and the art world, could be it's just entertainment in general. It'd be so vicious for people and to just destroy the mentality of a lot of these young creative minds that they just need older older people who will just help them guide through or just hear them out. Yeah, no, that's real. We we don't take care of our mental health enough, and mm-hmm. for some reason, in a lot of fields, it just goes overlooked. And people tend to think, oh, you know, especially if you're a rapper or you're an artist, you're portrayed in certain ways. So people kind of yeah. think you don't, you're not going through shit. You have money, you're famous. They need some someone to talk to, and they need some time to relax and chill. Yep, and that was a uh, the. The big problem with the, a lot of the Sleep Steady stuff is the music was kind of negative. So a lot of the negative stuff that was going on into our lives went unnoticed because people almost felt like it was a part of the aesthetic. Mm. And just not even having a lot of older people who've been through a lot of things to talk us through and the people us around, I feel like that's what caused a lot of our breakup was said just the mental drain is the entertainment business. Mm. And just not being prepared for that can definitely chew you the fuck up. What would you say are like just quick, like the first lessons you learned? Just things you didn't know about that surprised you about the whole business? The first thing I tell a lot of like my younger rap friends is in today's music, the rapper is the least important person. Mm. So like you have to get rid of that rapper ego because like, the producer does everything now. You can see it. They just throw anybody like that bad Bobby chick. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't even a real rapper. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, you're right. And they just put her on and now she's doing her thing. So just like letting them know like you can be that place that fast. You know, so like take care of the people that you got around you. Because that's another thing. The problem with a lot of rappers, they expect everything to be done for free. But so in reality, you're the captain of the ship. People think you have the money. People expect you to be paying people. People do all that. But at the end of the day, like, you're kind of irrelevant now. Because <laughs> everybody thinks they can be you, you know? Ah, that's true. So, that's why I just tell them, like, just don't take the rapper thing as your your meal ticket now. If you're just trying to be a rapper, I hate to tell you it's going to be a very hard field unless you're, like, Kendrick good. <laughs> you know? And you have to, and like I said, with Kendrick too, like, you could see he put in a lot of hours. Like he took that shit for real, for real. Perfecting his craft. Yeah, he perfect that. Said so he know that if he was just going to be the rapper, you had to be that number one. Right. 
So before we get you out of here, you just dropped channel surfing. Fire. Yes, More fire. Thank you. Thank you. What was the process like making that album? Uh, it was all over the place, bro. Um, I, two of the songs were started um, right before Sleep Steady broke up. So it was kind of like, the album's kind of a mess, a sample platter of everything, just because I was just going through like my own personal turmoils and just trying to figure out life and shit. So it was just me just kind of just trying a bunch of sounds to see what work. And I don't write any of my music down. So it was just me just going in there and doing it. And then just sitting with it for a while and being like, this is a mess. <laughs> Let me figure out how to make it all work. And that's where the whole meatwad thing came in. Because I like doing weird shit like that. Was <laughs> yeah, that you? Was that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was me doing that. That was good. <laughs> Next time that's I need real, a, yeah, uh, yeah, an impersonator, yeah. I know who to hit up. Hell yeah, bro. I'm fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just like, that's all I want that project to be was a look into Perry's mind that I um, like so songs where it's like li living legend where it's not very wordy it's more of like a bouncy song and then songs like nature boy i really like rap and then just yeah just showing the place that i'm a very messy person but somehow i like can keep it together very well <laughs> yeah. hey i feel that for real <laughs> thank you bro so that's what the pride that's what the visual's gonna look like too it's gonna be all over the place bunch of bright colors but it's gonna make sense somehow or, yeah we'll look out for that but y'all know right away oh, please do please do last but not least you know this is a day once podcast so uh, we talked about you know early days things coming up for your career your passions um that story is is not complete without you giving a shout out to your day one so if there's any day ones you want to give a shout out to shoot so my day ones i want to shout out to um my little brother, because he's been telling me since we were young that I was going to be a famous rapper and he's going to live off of me. <laughs> Just shout out to that lazy nigga. Um, <laughs> shoot, who else? I see DM, Hot Am, Lex, Neb, come correct. Shoot. Yeah, bro, that's about it. Actually, and still shout out Sleep Steady, man. Like, that's said to stay on point. That's what's up. The Sleep Steady. And my lady Izzy. She I can't wait to see her sad. We're good editors. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yo, the only I feel like the only people that have gotten roasted so far are brothers and like partners, like, <laughs> like literally and in in that order. That's me. The closer we are, the more I got to talk shit about. It. Yeah, hey, for real. Getting close if I can't roast you, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's how you know it's real. Hell yeah! If I can't tell you about yourself. You ain't really <laughs> Word. Vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Yo, uh, next, next time you're down down here, hit me, bro. We got to smoke or something. Hell yeah, bro. Definitely. And if y'all are ever out here, man, just let me know. Oh, yeah. I, I take a, I do take some trips to Tacoma, so I will be hitting you up. Dope. Cool. Yeah. So, right. Well, I appreciate Shit. you again, man, for taking your time out. Hell yeah. I appreciate y'all. 
Shit was hella cool. For sure. Uh, once again, I think uh, this was a good episode where we got to learn a lot about an uh, artist. Uh, I don't know what they call them now these days. The hyphenates. Is that is that a label I'm, I'm hearing nowadays? You know, they put... I have no idea. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that. And I guess that's what you use to describe someone who's not just a, a rapper. It's like a, a rapper oh. dash hyphenate something something else or whatever. Okay. Well, hey, if it's not a if it's not a term, I just might have coined it right now. You just you just made one. I just made one. I'm not And you heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. We ain't here nowhere else but here, bro. Nowhere else but here. <laughs> if they did, they lying. They lying to so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, once again, it's Perry Porter. Where can everybody find you? Oh yeah, uh, at Perry Paints on Instagram, uh, PerryPorter.com. I got stuff for sale, music, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So we we talk a lot on here about supporting Black art, support Black art. Really fucking incredible painter, man. You got a real dope individual thing going so you know i want you i'm i'm going to encourage you to keep it up i know you already got it going man but just keep the shit going because we really fuck with it for real appreciate that bro for real. hell yeah when i'm down there we got smoke and hit some museums Word. indeed i'm with that Same. and uh on that note hey. peace love yes sir take care <laughs>